0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everybody.
0: We're, we're
1: back. Yes, we're You're back. Is there Richard? And, uh... <laughs> I'm here and uh, looking forward to another hour of some uh, old call fun.
0: The uh, I've got my frosty Dr Pepper. I'm back here in the Blue Ridge and ready to go. You I know, I, I you know the other weekend. Um, wow, we had a great time uh, at the uh, AACA Grand Nationals in Virginia Beach. What what a great show that was, and just
1: Cars were absolutely amazing. They were. It was ninety six degrees. Was it? It was so hot. But hey, better than be, being freezing cold. But yeah, it was a great turnout. How many cars was there again? Uh, we had uh, three hundred
0: and sixty five cars there. And, yeah, and one thing to note about cars. Yes, yes, and that, that's the great thing. One thing about the Grand National. You know, all of the cars competing at the Grand National level uh, have already won their AACA first junior award and their AACA first senior award. So by the time they get to the Grand National, they're already at the top of the heap in terms of their accuracy. So they've already been judged multiple times, at least twice. And uh, you can just see great stuff. It's it's all well done. You get out there, there are... Uh, no uh no losers on that field. They're all winners. It's a great time. And uh you know, I consider myself a winner too. I mean, heck, I spent 3 days with you out on the road and 10 hours in the on the road
1: and uh survived. You did and you know, you uh got a good education in uh, New York City life.
0: <laughs> and uh <laughs> learned about <laughs> you to everything doing every... the right way. <laughs> That's right. I learned about life from the stoop in New York City. That's right. <laughs> you know. The view from the stoop, yes indeed. Uh imparted a lot of a lot of wisdom to me, you know. Is it, living out <laughs> in the sticks like I do.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know how you do so, but hey. <laughs>
0: so coming up coming up, we're going to be uh stuck together again and that's going to be over in Beckley, West Virginia. And that is going to be at the AACA Nationals in Beckley. It's going to be June 16th through 18th. So uh, just a little less than two weeks to go uh, for that show. It's going to be, the setting is going to be great. It's going to be in, set in downtown Beckley on Saturday. Um, and as usual, for, like most AACA events, it's going to run from cars will start loading in around seven o'clock in the morning. They all have to be on the show field by 11 for judging. And typically the field is going to uh, depart around 3 PM unless there's inclement weather, nothing worse than somebody yelling hailstorm, uh, in the middle of a, uh, car show, just like fire in a theater. uh. but, uh, we're going to hope for good weather. Uh, there's a lot to do there. And, uh, Richard and I are going to both be there.
1: I'll be judging, and Richard will be running them up. Yeah, I'll be looking for cars to feature, stories to feature for the future issues of Crankshaft. And then from there, I'm heading up to Ohio with a differential in the back of my car and a transmission to bring to a shop to have it rebuilt. Then heading over to Covington to shoot a stire. Then I'm going to be shooting in Akron, a Hino, and a uh, Pinto, station wagon of all things, which I know is one of your favorite cars, and then I'll finally make it back to Tennessee. So uh, that's going to be a busy few days for me on the road. But what we're you know, forward to it a lot of fun.
0: A lot of people, you know, make fun of the Pinto. You know, ah, uh, the exploding car, and you know, while they were just an entry-level, cheap car, crummy car, I, I can attest to the fact that they were a durable little car. Uh, yes, a I agree. Friend of mine, when we were in college, you know how kids are, but you know, a friend of mine was given a little Pinto Sport. About, um, it was a little ratty, been used as a company car. It was a little worn around the edges, and. uh you know, he tried to kill that thing. I mean, literally tried to kill that thing. I, I We would be rolling down the road, and uh, he would throw that thing in reverse at, like, 25 miles an hour. It would lock it up, and it would skid sideways, and um, he couldn't kill it. I mean, he abused it and couldn't kill it. So, I, I
1: you know, I have a lot of respect for the Pinto. Yeah, in, in the Survived spring my of <laughs> Yeah, well, this one I'm shooting is a woody. Uh, in the spring of 71, my friend Nicky bought a brand-new Pinto. It was dark green. And, like you said, used it for several years. We used to drive up the Hunting Mountain to go skiing in the winter. We were all through New York City, you know, for many years, and couldn't kill it. It always kept on running, and it ran well. But, uh, yeah, it just got a bad rap. It really did. But there's a lot of good cars like that out there, you know, the Mega. Camback station wagon is another good looking car that got a bad rap because of the engine. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, think different. And you could have affordable collector cars. You don't need to spend, you know, six figures to get a collector car. You really don't. You could have fun with cars that are $5,000 because we like cheap cars. We really do. Cheap
0: cars are good. Cheap
1: cars. Cheap cars are good. Are good.
0: <laughs> the, uh, you know speaking about cheap cars and probably would have done the, the pick of the week uh the most scintillating uh moment in uh radio for the week but uh we could go ahead and hit the pick of the week now speaking of cheap cars and good cars cheap too and that is yep. um so i ran across a 1959 lincoln four door hardtop uh 430 V8 engine on those. The base model, which was just called Lincoln, Uh, the top uh, top of the heap there in 59 was the Mark IV. Um, Came in several body styles, including a a two-door coupe. But uh, great car. A huge car. Um, You know, the 58 Lincoln um, was Ford's first... All unit construction car. It was uh, in fact they built the uh, new the Wixom plant in Michigan. Um, it built uh, those Lincolns and it built the fifty-eight T-birds as well. Um, and uh, fifty-eight Lincoln was quite a story. Uh, there were actually areas of the country where it in length, which it was two hundred and twenty-nine inches. Um, it exceeded the legal limitations um, in certain areas of the country because it was so large and so so wide. The course, they were just trying to beat Cadillac out the door. The styling was kind of crazy, uh, designed by a guy yeah. by the name of uh, John Najar, um, and uh, really neat guy. Yeah, I, good I had the opportunity. He was, you know. Uh, it's, just, it's a little quirky-looking, this car. It is, and, uh, you know, he, he was a, a smart guy, worked with Gene Bordnot, uh and uh, all the major designers and, and worked in uh, Advanced Design Styling Studio at Ford, uh, had a really storied career, played a huge role in the prototype Mustang. I mean, but when he got to the 58 Lincoln's design, um, he ended up, getting smacked in the back of the head by Ford management because it didn't sell so well because it was so crazy looking. And he ended up getting demoted, if you want to call it that. They shipped him over to the truck division for a couple of years uh, as penance. I, I actually exchanged letters with him um, for a while back, golly geez, way back around 2000. Um, really neat guy to talk to. Um, as I said, he didn't have internet, so we wrote letters back and forth, but uh, a neat guy. But in 59, could, they brought in J- John Reinhart to try to clean things up. Yeah.
1: I could see why he went to the truck division, because that car was the size of a truck. It really was. Um, it was huge. And with those canted headlamps. It, it looked angry. And, I, you know,
0: I'm one, I, I really like an angry-looking car, too. Uh, you know, the 59, you know, Buick. Uh, comes into mind, and uh, some of the early early uh, '60s Chrysler's too. But uh, the, yeah. so the how Canada much is this lights. car? So how
1: much is this car? Get to the point. It's Come on. cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. Well, how much? Thirty thirty five hundred
0: bucks, and 3, it appears for to be fifty eight Lincoln, fifty nine Lincoln. Yes, yes, 59 yes. Fifty nine Lincoln. Um, with that monstrous four thirty V eight and uh, thirty five hundred bucks, it appears to have no rust. It's got a halfway wow. decent interior in it. Um, it would make somebody a great, great starter car. It's the type of car. You could, it says it runs and and drives. Um, you, you know, quote it unquote, quote, nice. no brakes. Yard drives. Yeah, yeah I mean, the paint well, is it really old. old. Yeah, yeah, blue. But you could probably color blue. Buff on it a little bit and uh, have a do some brake work. Yeah, exactly, yeah. for very little money. And uh, who else in town is going to have one? You'd be the only guy showing up at the Cars and Coffee with a 59 Lincoln. So,
1: hey, really, let me tell really you really something. You could show up car. at an AACA meet and not see another 59 Lincoln. Well, that's true. Yeah, there's just not it's, many it's, of them. No, no, there's not. Um,
0: We had one, uh, a guy by the name of Bob Thomas showed one um, two years ago in Gettysburg, and that's the last time I've seen a 59 Lincoln at an AACA event, and probably the first time i would seen one in several years. So, yeah, you're right. Even at AACA, I'm going to have something special.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, this car is such a good deal. I would buy it, but... I would have to put an extension on my garage because it just won't fit. This thing is huge; mm. it's the size of the Titanic. Jesus, oof!
0: It is huge; is
1: long. it's no doubt. But Longest car. car. I, I love the bumpers. Yes,
0: really cool stuff. Those
1: Bumpers on but. the end. It, it looks like uh, you know uh, fan blades on the bottom of a of a ship. It looks so cool, propellers. <laughs>
0: No, yeah, I mean, he had a smoking like crack repair. when
1: he designed that car. Let me tell you something. He was on something. <laughs> he was probably drinking too much vino or, or, or bourbon. Something. Because man, that is a uh, quite the different styled automobile, no doubt. Yeah. And for only thirty five hundred bucks
0: it's a cheap Yeah, we can find this car. So, you find on this car? uh I, I found found this one up on uh facebook marketplace it's in north carolina i'll post it up later today on the uh, facebook page and for those of you who might be listening find our facebook page the classic car show and uh sign up for it and you can stay apprised of all the craziness
1: and it's break time gentlemen
0: sounds like we're getting ready to go on a break
1: Okay, we are. We'll be back. Another cup of tea.
2: When it comes to car (laughs) magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a one hundred forty-four page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else.
3: Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888 Antique or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you
1: for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello.
0: So, we're back. Um, Yes, we are. Richard. So, what's on your agenda today? No, I'm talking to you. Um actually on my agenda today, uh unfortunately for me, I am, uh, I'm, I'm sorry you asked. I'm putting together T-tops, uh, for a 1992 300 ZX 2 plus 2. We had a, uh, it was, I had it parked outside the garage and we had a thunderstorm go through and it knocked a limb out of course naturally and that limb had you know 20 some odd acres it could drop to but no it dropped on top of the uh the 300zx and it didn't do any body damage put a little bit of a you know maybe a dime-sized dent in the roof but it shattered both of the t tops. So oh, really? that's what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, I mean, it didn't just, they didn't just crack or it it shattered them, like, you know, they exploded. And uh, so started on that project yep. last Sunday. And uh, I'm going to hopefully, if I get through it and don't
1: set it on fire,
0: I'll finish it today.
1: Well, as they say in the South, hopefully you have insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean it's one of those things, you know. Cheaper cheaper for me
0: to just go ahead and deal with it than turn it in, you know, kinda five hundred dollar right. deductible anyhow. So you know, isn't that the truth? Yep. Yeah. It's all right, just go ahead and suck it up and do it. So but, you know, right. a couple of things. I know you're working on, on on your triumph, but before we get over to that, you're always too humble. And it's the only time you're too humble, okay? But nonetheless, still humble so <laughs> you guys have got a new issue of crankshaft coming out you just finished it i know we were talking yesterday you it's sent off to the printer and yep. i want to at the moment you know t- t- i want you to talk about that a little bit because it's worth talking about you got some great stuff coming
1: yeah uh wow uh this was a a tough issue to get out because we, we had some problems with some stories, but it's at the printer and we're just trying to resolve a paper issue, which continues. And, uh, but this issue, uh, again, 144 pages. We have one of the feature stories is about the Corvette grand sport. Those, uh, six Cobra beaters that Chevrolet built. And, uh, Pre-war cars include a 29 Rio that's been in the same family for, like, oh, my God, 70 years, and uh, other American cars include a 79 Thunderbird that's been in the same family since new, and it's uh, never been restored. Uh, we have a 60 Oldsmobile four-door sedan, which I think is a great-looking automobile, and then we have, you know, talk about Buick concept cars and Willoughby coach builders and uh, all the neon signs on Route 66 is another interesting feature. But uh, if you're into foreign cars, not only do we have a 56 Talbot Lago and a 57 BMW, that is a one-off, but we also have a 60 Alfa Romeo 2000. And get this, a 1977 IKA, the Kaiser-built cars that were made in Argentina. So, yeah. It's an interesting issue, along with an 85 Toyota that's all original, including paint. So it is really good variety, and uh, I'm glad we finally got it out the door. So it's a little late, but it is what it is, you know. Being a one-man show, is kind of tough.
0: Well, you know, the one one thing I, I will say, and I, I can't say it enough, um, it, and it's not because you and I are friends, It's an important publication for anyone here that's listening. And, uh, you know, Richard doesn't ply me with alcohol or cash to say any of this. Um, the, The writers he's assembled, great stuff. They're people you're familiar with. The stories you've read before, they're all great. The variety is absolutely amazing. Without any question, it's the most... Diverse, most informative, and fun collector car magazine that's out there on the market. It covers the A to Z. And, you know, these days, I'm just going to tell everybody, you know, yes, there's issues with print advertising. Uh, I mean, print print in general, Uh, a lot of what you will buy, if it's still existing, it's loaded up so badly with advertising, you barely got room for articles. This is articles wall to wall to wall to wall. And uh, the other cool thing about it is, you know, it's supporting an entrepreneurial endeavor. And you know what? You don't see a lot of that in this country these days anymore. I love the fact that you're doing this, and I really hope everybody is going to get out there and support it because it's it's supporting something that we really need. People always talk about the kids and youth and the hobby and everything else. If they don't have any great resources to go to and great publications to read, um, they're going to be all the, all the less interested in the cars for the future. It's a big deal. They need to have something
1: other than Wikipedia. Yes, isn't that the truth? You know, the problem I have with a lot of car magazines today, and not just car magazines, but magazines in general, is that these editors take the easy way out. You'll see a an eight-page story, but there's only like three paragraphs of text and information. It's all big pictures. And uh, that's what they told me when uh, the last few days I was at Hemmings. Make the pictures bigger and write less. People don't want to read. I said, no, you're wrong. People want information, so that's why the Tucker article that we wrote was 16 pages long. It's just filled with information, and that's what you got to do. You know, most of our articles in Crankshaft are 8 to 10 pages, sometimes 12. And, uh, yeah, if if you, you want to be informative about, uh, you know, the car itself and the design, the mechanical aspect. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're all about. We don't take the easy way out. And, uh, again, if you want to see what crankshaft's all about you don't have to subscribe you could buy a single issue and it's uh crankshaftmagazine.com and it's also on the newsstands at barnes and noble and books a million bookstores so uh we appreciate your support thank you now don't don't just go for the onesie folks
0: go ahead and subscribe you're not going to be disappointed trust me i guarantee it you have my word <laughs> just go for the <laughs> subscription and you know what? For certain, it's a lot less than a tank of gas, folks. A lot Isn't less that than a truth. tank of gas.
1: Yes, right. it is. That's the truth. Oh my god. How how sad is that? Oof. Let's not even go there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so Yeah,
0: we're not gonna go there for sure, especially since I have a diesel truck, uh, my tow
1: vehicle. <laughs> nah, don't even want to go there. I heard diesel hit was it nine fifty in California yeah nine fifty everything since uh
0: and I could be getting this wrong, and somebody can write to us and tell us if I'm wrong, but uh two- all the Diesels after two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten use uh diesel exhaust fluid injection because of emissions and uh All of that, there's a shortage out there right now uh, coming on the horizon for uh, diesel exhaust fluid. It's already tripled in price. And uh, you think about that. You're spending $9 a gallon. And then on top of that, for a lot of them, they're putting diesel exhaust fluid in on top of that $9 a gallon. It's crazy. Wow. It's insane. Um, I'm going to be riding a bicycle before it's all over with. So, (laughs) anyhow.
1: that's... That's why it pays to own a Triumph, because most of the time they don't run. So you have to ride your bike, and you save money on gas. It's a win-win. You're saving money. It really is. <laughs> and, and and you're going to live longer with a Triumph because of all the exercise. All the walking you've do. It.
0: Of course. All the walking. <laughs> all the walking, all the wrenching, all the crawling around, you know, you you'll You'll continue to you know be able to get down on the ground and get yourself back up um you know yeah, yeah. it's a the lot way. of a lot of good stuff, so uh you're working on the triumph now, you know it's a lot of people talk about restoration and they're constantly you know asking me, you know what do you think about this, what do you think about that and um you know it it can be very, very, very expensive. It really depends on on what you're trying to do. Uh, if you're trying to win Pebble Beach, you're going to need to find one heck of a restoration shop. More than likely, not everybody. You know, there are individuals that still restore their cars to concours levels and you know perform uh, greatly at the shows. Uh, but uh, you know, if you dial it back just a little bit, you can really do it a lot less expensively too and um you know not that you're cheap i wouldn't say that no. you're cheap you know i i would never say that um yeah, well never
1: <laughs> but you're working on the <laughs> frugal. and you're doing a few things yeah yes fashionably frugal yeah how's that yeah so. i am um, i i set up the chassis for my 1960 tr3a it's on uh uh two engine stands, so I could rotate it, and uh I'm about to paint it this week, and I was looking at all the different chassis paints and stuff, and all these, you know, high-end polyurethane enamels and stuff, and, you know, you're talking $140, $160 a gallon, and I said, you know what, enamel is enamel, it's paint. Yeah, there's different levels of enamel, there's, there's you know, different ingredients in them that some of them make them better. But it's the chassis. It's underneath the car. And besides, at this stage of my life, do I want to spend 150 bucks on a gallon of paint because it's going to last an extra 10 years, while the paint I'm using is going to last, you know, 20 years and probably 20 years from now, maybe dead. Let the next guy take care of it. But with that said, I bought a gallon of Rust-Oleum enamel, 34 dollars, and then I spent eight bucks on a pint of hardener and then uh, I've done this before and it comes out fantastic. You put on two wet coats after you you use the, you know, you, you cover your metal with primer, whatever you got to do and uh, within 24 hours after you apply the primer, you got to put on the enamel so it it kind of grabs and they kind of integrate. Otherwise, you know, you got to sand the primer for the enamel to bite but the rustoleum comes out fantastic when you add the hardener. It really, really does. Break and time. I've showed people my suspension arms, and they can't tell the difference. It looks looks great, and you save a lot of money. You Save a hundred bucks. Break time. It's
2: time right, for a car.
0: break. All right. When it comes we'll to car back.
2: magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you, Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published. You can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com.
3: Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr, that's 888-268-4783, or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio.
0: Thank you for listening.
1: And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. So you're painting your chassis. And, uh, yeah. I think it's going to come out. Yeah, it's going to come out fabulous because I'll probably give it three coats. And uh, I've done that in the past using rust like I said, for suspension components, A-arms, uh, brakes, spindles, backing plates. And uh, I, I sprayed these parts about five, six years ago, and they still look brand new. So, uh, yeah, you know, some people snub their nose when I tell them, oh, rust And they go, oh, you use that? That's like furniture paint. No, it's it's... Go to their website. You know, they do a lot of research on industrial coatings and things like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you'll be pleasantly surprised. And you don't have to spend, you know, $150 for a gallon of paint. I mean, there are advantages to certain paints, of course, and that's why they cost so much. But uh, if you're not going for a Pebble Beach restoration and you just want a really nice, quality street restoration, you know, go for it. You'll be surprised. Well, rust oleum products are actually really
0: pretty good. Um, I I remember, you know, another uh, story from years gone by, and that was when I was uh, just just out of high school, and I had a, f- a friend named Steve Southern, and uh, he bought a seventy two VW bus, and the paint was just terrible on it. He sanded it down one day. His uh, dad had. Uh, for some reason, had a couple of gallons of Rust-Oleum. It was the Smurf Blue Rust-Oleum paint in the garage. And he painted that whole thing in Rust-Oleum. <laughs> it was indestructible <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. I'm not advocating painting your entire car in Rust-Oleum, folks, okay?
1: Just for the record, okay? <laughs> but it held up. It up. You know, back in the 80s... Uh, I had a uh, BMW 2002 when I lived in Brooklyn, and you know back then they were stealing a lot of cars, and the cars my BMW no. needed. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, they stole cars in Brooklyn. I know I'm surprised too, but hey. And uh, I had it. The paint was really bad, so I had to paint it. So I used uh, Benjamin Moore exterior house paint, and with a thick, <laughs> with, with like a four inch brush. And the whole car was nothing but brush marks. (laughs) I painted it with a brush. And people looked at me and they go, You ruined your car? I said, No, I don't. I said, I opened the hood, underneath was detailed. It was I had a Weber carb. It looked fantastic. (laughs) And they said, But why'd you paint the outside? I said, Who's gonna steal a car with brush strokes all over it? And I parked it on (laughs) years. No one touched it. No one was. The thieves the, didn't want it because it had brush strokes of Benjamin Moore paint. You know what I mean? <laughs> Benjamin, you, you and Benjamin Moore. <laughs> yeah, it cost me five dollars for the gallon. You know? No. Come on, it was cheaper than Earl Scribe. <laughs>
0: you gotta, gotta love it. The, uh, yeah, I'll yeah, paint any no. car. Twenty nine <laughs> ninety five. The uh, right with diamond gloss enamel. <laughs> it's cheap. You know, I will say this, there are uh several companies, if you can find a close match for the paint that you need, the exterior paint, um, there's Eastwood, they sell uh actual paint kits, um, and they're very reasonably priced. It may not yep. be exactly uh factory color for you. And so we're right. just talking about doing a, rest- a nice restoration, making your car look decent for cheap. Because right now, to go out and get a professional paint job, you're talking thousands of dollars. Even if you go
1: thousands. to Mako, you're
0: talking thousands of dollars.
1: Yeah, you know, you can- speaking of Mako, let me tell you a quick story. In the 80s, I okay, lived tell in Long a Island. Yes, yeah, in the 80s, I lived in Long Island, and the guy down the block had a 68 charge. All right? And he did all the work himself because, you know, he couldn't afford to have it, you know, professionally restored. But he did all the body work. He took the trim off. He took the bumpers off, everything off. And he brought it to Mako. And he gave them a few extra bucks to put on an extra coat of paint. They put on three coats of that, you know, their stick enamel, whatever they used. And... What he did was he waited a few weeks for it to harden, and he color sanded it, and he buffed it. And it looked like, you know, at the time, a $10,000 paint job. So, you know, some of these places, you could use them uh, just to spray the color coats on. And, again, you know, give them a few extra bucks to put on an extra coat, and then you sand it down, and you'll be surprised. Nobody will be able to tell who painted it once you... Color standard and buff it, and you put the trim back on, and you know it cost him hundred and fifty bucks I mean <laughs> the guy was pretty smart, he was right, and it came out great.
0: yeah, I have a couple of friends who who've actually done that, and you know what it's so true you know the paint job one is only as good as everything that's underneath of it, and so the preparation if you you pay attention right. yeah, if you pay attention, do your preparation work? Well, it's really easy. You can't hardly screw up shooting primer. You know, you read the instructions, read the directions, watch a few YouTube videos, read a book. You know, you can easily figure out how to do uh, all the prep work. You know, light body work. I mean, you know, as long as it's a lot of fun, actually. It's very relaxing. I, I, I like doing prep body work just simply because you know what if i make a little bit of a mistake i can go back i can fix it i can clean it up i'm not really keen on shooting finished paint because it's so expensive now you know you make one little mistake and then you've got a lot of work ahead of you but on the prep end of it with the primer and you know uh, filler i don't use a lot of i don't use a, a lot of filler but you know glazing putty that sort of thing um just to kind of smooth everything out. It's relaxing. It's a lot of fun.
1: It is, and I always tell people, even if you're using spray cans, you know, spray bombs, uh, wear a mask. I, I have a dual cartridge mask that I use even when I use spray paint because there's a lot of volatile chemicals and nasty stuff in those cans, and you don't want to breathe it in. Oh. So, uh, yeah, you got to protect yourself. And I also put on... Uh, safety glasses that wrap around because, you know, the fumes will get into your eyes, into the corners of your eyes. And before you know it, it it makes its way into your body. So, you know, you got to protect yourself, even wear a hat, gloves, whatever you got to do. So, uh, but painting is a lot of fun, no doubt. No, it it really is. You know, and I just happen to think as well, you
0: know, and a lot of people used to shoot lacquer uh, because it was very forgiving You know, you could get out there and shoot lacquer. If you made a mistake, you know, lacquer is a top coat I'm talking about, um, finish coat. Get out there and you shoot it. You had a run or something. You waited till it dried. You sanded it out and, uh, you went back and, and reshot it. And then when you were finished, you buffed it all, color sanded and buffed it all out and, uh, you know, really could bring out a really great, great sheen with that, um, lacquer. It's hard to get now because EPA uh, mandates have sort of killed it off. However, there's still yes. some niche producers out there. They they still allow the manufacturers to produce it for uh, repair and touch-up. And uh, Duplicolor has come out with a series of uh, lacquer paints that are sold by the court. They're already premixed and everything. All you do is taken, put them in the gun. Now, not a lot of color choices, um, admittedly, but they've got a decent white, they've got a decent gray, they got black and red. So, you know what? Depending upon, you might even be able to use something like that and, and shoot lacquer, and it is easy peasy to shoot. So,
1: yeah, my, another... my favorite, yeah, I, I shot lacquer. Uh, when I was painting cars when I lived in Brooklyn in our alleyway because we didn't have a garage. And, you know, it, it drives in like, you know, three seconds. So you don't get bugs stuck in the finish, you know. You just sand them out. But you're right. Black is it's pretty cool. But I, I, I really prefer a, a acrylic enamel. I find it very forgiving. And you don't have to clear coat it if you're not using metallic. But... uh yeah, just do your research. There's lots of good books out there, how-to books on painting. And, you know, like you said, you don't have to paint your car, but you can paint all the components, you know, all the suspension stuff. So it's a very enjoyable uh, exercise. It really is.
0: Yeah, rewarding at the end of the day, as, as opposed to my uh, T-top experience with the 300Z uh, last weekend that uh, almost led me to go find an accelerant the garage <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyhow um you know um recently we've had a couple of shows that we've highlighted we highlighted the uh pre-war car show that was in the we highlighted a pre- pre-war car show that was uh just outside of atlanta both of those shows really 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 popular they both of them far exceeded their expectations in terms of attendance and of course we it's it's not because of us uh, i'll say that but uh it's because people still have an interest in those cars you know over the years i continued to hear Gosh, you know, nobody's going to be interested in these early cars. Nobody grew up with them. Nobody drove them to high school. You know, all the doom and gloom. And the early cars are still really, uh, enjoying a great following. There's still a lot of people involved in them. Uh, you know, Model T's, Model A's, um, Stovolt Chevy came in 29. What a great car that is. Before that, they had a very nice, easy, serviceable, Four cylinder engine, um, an opportunity to really enjoy, um, a particular type of, of driving. And I know so many people are like, oh my god, I, you know, if I drove that locally, it's a 45 mile an hour car, I'll be killed. Um, you know, you have to be strategic. You have to determine where you're going to drive and, uh, what times of the day you're going to drive. But there are plenty of places for you to go drive. Now the other thing to say about it too is there's safety in numbers. So if you find several other like-minded people in your area and you're driving together, it, it is a whole lot safer. But it, it is not impossible um, to drive these early, early cars. There's still plenty of places that you can find to drive. In fact, um, a number of years ago, um, West Peterson and I uh, attended a tour up in uh Maryland and uh, uh our good friend Rob Birchall loaned us a car. Uh Mr. Peterson drove. It was a, I'm trying to remember it was a, a 27 Chrysler uh touring car. We drove that thing all the way into DC and actually uh drove it several laps around the Mall area there in in Washington DC. Um it wasn't scary. We just platted out our route route was planned out we were on an aaca tour and we were with other people and uh gosh it was a blast so you know i, I can't can't over um, overestimate you can't overestimate or underestimate the ability to get out there and enjoy these cars right now it's just um it's not Something that you can't do. You just have to be smart about doing it. Just like riding a motorcycle, Uh, you know. I ride uh, a bike. You want to ride it in the right place. You don't want to be, you know, riding in uh, rush hour traffic on the beltway if you can avoid it. It's just
1: not a whole lot of fun. Last so really not a lot of
0: differences, I think.
1: Last break. I I know a young guy. He's uh, 28, and I said I met him at Uh, Hershey. That's that hey, hey hey. thought. We're getting ready to get upon a break again. Okay. We'll You're be right listening back. listening to
0: America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
3: The views, opinions, and content of the show's hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve you'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888 Antique or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor.
2: When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about megadollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. This is America'sWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio, designed just for you.
1: And now back to the classic car show
3: on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello.
1: All right. Well, you know, before the break, I was telling you how I met this young guy, twenty-eight years old, and I've known him a few years. We've been talking at Hershey. And I said, so what kind of, you know, cars are you into? Hey, I'm thinking, you know, Hondas and WRX, Subaru, things like that. He goes, "Uh, early brass era cars. And I looked at him. I said, really? He goes, yeah, I just bought a Trumbull. And he's from Trumbull, Connecticut, so that's why he wanted a Trumbull. And he goes, yeah, me and all my friends, we like the early, early brass era cars, especially two-cylinder models. And I said, why is that? He goes, because they're simple. He goes, you know, all day we're on the Internet, we're on our computers, we are, we are hooked up with all this technology, and it's refreshing, he said, to get back to something that is very simple. We feel connected to the road driving these machines, and the fact that they're very basic mechanically, he goes, we just love them. And all my friends are buying early brass era cars because of their simplicity and uh, – it just you know it's an escape from the computerized world of technology and all that stuff, and I was really shocked, and uh, I, I just thought it was wonderful to hear a young kid talking about early brass era cars. So uh, there is hope for our hobby, believe it or not, there really is. Oh yeah, I guess it comes I, you through know, exposure, you know,
0: and that comes back to something else that I I'll get on my soapbox over unexpectedly. Uh, and that is, you know, too many of us, and certainly not me, but, you know, we all have friends who do have ad, uh opinions, sometimes very strong opinions, about what's collectible, what's not, what's cool, what's not. And so many younger people, uh, you know, they're enjoying their aspect of the automotive hobby in a certain way. They're, you know, Japanese cars with these, uh you know, what we call, like, a tomato can mufflers and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. And they're out enjoying themselves and having a great time. And, you know, it's when you see them at Cars and Coffee or when you see them out, be encouraging. Don't sneer at them. Don't look down your nose at them because you don't like what they're driving. Share what you're driving because eventually, through exposure, people learn to love it. Everything. there's uh, For me and for everyone that I know, there's something to love about every car. If you really just sit back and think about it. And uh, all too often, you know, people are judgmental rather than sharing it. And the best way to spread the hobby is to be sharing.
1: That's the truth. I totally agree with you. Uh, we all have different tastes in cars. And, uh, you know, these young kids got into them by attending Hershey. And they went to the car show on Saturday morning, and uh, they were just blown away by the simplicity of these early cars. So, uh, you know, if, if you know a young kid who's interested in automobiles, bring him to a car show, and uh, you'd be surprised where that goes and where that leads later on down the road. And if he ends up being into, uh, you know, early Toyotas, then more power to him. Doesn't matter. We're saving more cars when you restore old cars again you're recycling. So uh just just spread the wealth. Spread the word. Yeah. They ha- they have a have a Toyota,
0: go for a ride in a Toyota, then take them for a ride in a Hudson. You know? Yeah. I mean
1: <laughs>
0: it's true. Uh, the the cars are not inexpensive either. The early brass cars cars are a little more expensive but you know you can get into a nickel era car um, relatively inexpensively, you know, Model T's are a great buy. They're very simple. There is a lot of technical information out there on the Model T's. Model T Ford Club of America has a great publication. They have a, a great club. They people do. They're very active. Uh, you can find out everything you ever wanted to know and then some about Model T's. And as far as parts are concerned, parts are no issue whatsoever. Um, you can keep a Model T going just like you did back in the day. They were known for being very sturdy. You could use just about everything, anything to keep them running. And it's true today too. Uh, Model A, also really easy to find parts for.
1: Yes. Um, and very, I, I like designed. Model A's. They are. And uh, you can get a variety of body styles, you know. It's, even a four-door sedan Model A is a fun car to drive, and they're basic. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and you know the one thing about a Model
0: for me anyway was Model A. Nothing else sounds like a Model A. You know, the muffler on it, the way it—it it just it, Model A has a truly unique sound. Kind of like when you know uh, Chrysler's uh, started using that. Uh, high torque starter, you know, had in mm-hmm. from the late fifties, or glory. early sixties. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could just it made its own special sound. Um right. And so uh but yeah, these cars are uh you can buy buy a Model T um from the nickel era for under ten thousand dollars um fairly easily in a number of body styles. And you can and we'll buy Model A's for Yeah. Buy Model A for just a little bit more. Um, so, you know, and to go back to the young people, you know, once you start talking to young people, it's a good idea to start talking to them about older cars too. If you just get involved in a dialogue. I just signed up a sixteen year old young lady uh last week. I just I'd gotten into a conversation with her found out that she was working on a Volkswagen Beetle. And more we started talking, so on and so forth, and I told her, I said, you know, how about if I sign you up for AACA, Antique Automobile Club of America? I gave her a brief history of the club. I told her I was going to cover her cost and sign her up. And she was just like over the moon, going to go to the local region meeting, uh week after next and uh you know i was so happy it made me feel so good i i felt like you know i had passed the torch a little bit
1: you know speaking of young girls uh when they, i was at the uh the zenith virginia beach two weeks ago two young ladies came up to me i guess they were you know maybe you know mid to late 20s maybe 30 and both of them have model t's <laughs> They would tell me how oh, wow. they love the yeah. car hobby, and yeah. So uh, you're right. Model T's are pretty cool. I prefer a Model A, but uh, again, all parts are available. You don't have to worry about nothing, and it's so there's such great club support for you know those cars. So you don't have to worry if you have any trouble mechanically, electrically. You know, just contact someone in the club, and they'll solve the problem for you over the phone. So. No,
0: it, it's just that easy. And, uh, of course, as always, join AACA. Um, AACA is a club for everything 25 years and older, and uh, it has the biggest tent out there. You'll find people on our forums, which we have literally tens of thousands of people on our forums and many, many clubs represented there. And the Facebook page, all these various uh, tools that you can access for information at our AACA Library Research Center in Hershey, PA. And uh, you, know, you can find out just about anything you wanted to find out on anything in the way of an old car. And you get a great magazine too, um, yep. just like Richard's magazine. A little you know, different because it skews towards the club, so it's two different types right. of publication. But uh,
1: right, both worthwhile to read. But you know, I had just mentioned uh, the car show at Hershey, the Saturday car show. Remember, folks, this year the Sat the Saturday car show is not on Saturday; it's on Friday. Everything got moved up a day. So if you're going to Hershey in October, please note: there's no Saturday car show; it's on Friday then.
0: That's a great point. Um, everything, the flea market, everything has been shifted. Flea market didn't used to open up officially until Wednesday. This year it's going to be opening up on Tuesday. So you'll, you'll want to be able to get there and uh, enjoy everything and not miss out. But more, more more than anything, you don't want to show up on Saturday for the car show and uh, there not be anything there because you don't want to spend your day riding the roller coaster. I don't imagine if you have come up to look cars. The other thing I'll tell people too, you know, just if you want to go out and search the car corral, which there are literally hundreds and hundreds of cars for sale in the car corral up there at Hershey and miles, literally miles of aisles of parts and accessories available. You need to understand a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them will Shut down the day before the show. Now it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that works out this year with the car show being on Saturday, whether or not, you know, people start to pack up Thursday night, um, on their flea market spaces or not. So it's going to be a new experience, but One definitely minute. if you want to go through the car, through the car corral. One minute. You need to, you need to get there early. So you're right, Richard. Tuesday through Friday this year for Hershey, and uh, that's a yep. great point. God, every once in a while, man, you, you find a find a little diamond, Hey, I'm telling
1: you, us New Yorkers are, are on the top of things. You know what I mean? Us, we don't uh, just sit uh, in our rocking chair in the porch. You know we're on top <laughs> of things. <right? laughs> the view from this. Well, everybody. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody have a great week. And uh, I guess we'll be back here on Saturday next week. And, uh, yeah. Cheap cars are Enjoy good. your cars. Cheap tools are good. Get bad. off the couch. Get Go off the something. couch. Go do something.
0: <laughs> Take care, Take care, care folks. <laughs> See you next week. You're
1: listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.